everybody. Uh, Jake Huger, Mark Thompson, old school everybody. Fun for everybody. Uh, apparently, I'm um, ODing on the word everybody tonight. Um, so uh, do I, what, what kind of show do we have for you guys? Well, when Mark is on, I like to get philosophical. So mm-hmm. we're gonna do a little meaning of life. Uh, we're gonna do a little of um, how do you think, right? Wait, what do you mean? We'll find out later, okay? <laughs> Uh, okay. The, the teases are my favorite part of this entire presentation. The what's Thank coming you, up? It. <laughs> uh, should you love yourself? And should you declare that to others? Hold, we're gonna get to that. Mary Poppins, she's on the agenda. Okay. <laughs> I'm interested now. This is great. Yeah, welcome to old school. That's how it works. All right, but first, you all know the shoptyt.com uh, has uh, the best stuff on earth. Well, didn't Snapple used to have that? Well, they're not around, are they? They still are, but they're not <laughs> using that slogan. We're gonna steal that slogan from them. Uh, shoptyt.com, made from the best stuff on earth. Uh, so we've got uh, celebrating Black History Month with our unbossed and double dose collections. <laughs> how are you gonna beat that? <laughs> well, I suppose the only option you'd have is a triple dose, but. But other than that, you're gonna go to shoptyt.com, you're gonna get unbossed, you're gonna get double dose. These things are gonna happen, okay? Uh, so check it out right now. Indisputable, what's the hell? As Anna's relatives would say, okay, I think that's her dad. Okay, so I wear my unbossed and indisputable shirts all around. Uh, and Mark wears his TYT hat uh, all around. I do. And he's also drinking too strong coffee now as we speak. I, I am, it's right I over here. It's, in the Mark Thompson the- mug, the Mark Thompson show mug. Oh, there you go. I don't like to compete with merch, so I'll leave it to your merch site. I have my own merch site, but let's leave it for you right now. You need the, you need the support. No, look, <laughs> listen, uh, e- e- anyone drinking too strong coffee.com slash TYT, the entire <laughs> URL is a friend of mine, okay? Uh, well, all my merch stuff, which you can see, it looks like I'm in a department store window if, in the wide shot. Uh, I have a throw pillow, I've got a bottle opener, I've got a Mark Thompson show hoodie, I've got a, a tote bag, and I've got the mug, which contains the two strong coffee. That's all at getmarkmerch.com. Yeah, okay. so that's, well, most that's my last plug, that's my last mention. No, I got one more for you. The most importantly though, you gotta check out Mark's show, which is the Mark Thompson show on YouTube, okay? So make sure you got the V in there. I don't know how this happens, but Polson DeMont and Stephen Dokal already became members. Like we come on, they hear Mary Poppins, they're like, that's it, I'm becoming a Young Turks member. <laughs> I'm hitting that join button below the Mary video, Poppins I'm doing did. it. <laughs> okay, and uh, Antonio Cooney upgraded memberships to UIT Premium. He's wow. like, Mary Poppins, I'm staying. Okay, I'm upgrading. I, I need that kind of devotion and loyalty to my show. Yeah, they don't even have to, you know, become a member. You just uh, subscribe. It's free. The Mark Thompson yeah. Show on YouTube. Yeah. yeah. Later, you can become members, but you got to cross ten thousand first. So That's let's, right. let's make that up. <laughs> get there right. Exactly. Right. It, is it possible that we get Mark over ten thousand subscribers on tonight's Old School? My wow. answer is very unlikely. But let's give it a shot. <laughs> <laughs> Boy, that took a right turn, man. <laughs> so while you got us on, so open up a second window. It's, unless you're my dad, it's super simple. Yeah. And you type in the Mark Thompson show on the search bar on YouTube. Boom! You just hit subscribe. Oh my God, that took like three seconds. That's. Oh, I love it. I love it. Okay. My yeah. dad, of course, would close all the tabs 
And then when I get home, I would go, no, I had articles saved for like seven months in those tabs. I didn't know my dad was coming over. He thinks in order to start a, a new, like in order to go online. Close everything like, else out. Yeah, we gotta close but all those tabs, isn't it, start uh, over. I have the same problem where I keep 17 tabs open because I really wanna read that article. Oh No, I wanna use that article on the show or there's some reference I want and it's in one of those 17 tabs. And even when I go back and I go, okay, well, I gotta start to close out some of these tabs because I think it's slowing down the computer or whatever the reason. Uh, I go back, oh, no, 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 I remember I wanted to talk about this study that was interesting and blah, you know, I, there's a there's a ton of stuff that remains open. It's it's its own version of tech pat, pack rackness, you know. I'm a tech pat rat, pack rack, because I wanted to pack pack rat. Yeah, and, and in that analogy, uh, my dad becomes Marie Kondo. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he's like, no, 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 honey, these tabs are not giving you any joy. Okay, we're gonna clean those out. Okay, we're gonna clean those out. We're gonna start over. Um, so, if by the way, if if all those uh, old tabs that you still haven't gotten to is haunting you, just ask my dad over. Okay? <laughs> and he'll shoot like, and if he's got to check his email, which of course is on AOL. Let's be honest. Oh yeah, okay. right. Yeah, he's gonna boom gone. Uh, oh, I don't. Fun. I love Mark. That. Mark, maybe we get you to ten thousand tonight because I don't know what's happening. But John Branch. Um, He's a TYT producer all of a sudden. I don't know if he upgraded. I don't know if we, I just, I don't know, he exists. But John, thank you for being a member at the producer level. We appreciate it. Things are popping tonight on old school. And we haven't even gotten to Mary Poppins. You know, uh, when anybody on my show, you know, we gotta, we're crowdfunded, right? So you gotta solicit. It's one of the most uncomfortable things about having this YouTube thing. And Jenk's been so, Lovely, because he's got a jillion things going on. I want to go, hey, Jank, let me ask you, uh, what's the best way to solicit or whatever I might ask her a question or I'll ask him some technical question about a thumbnail or something. And he always helps. So anyway, one of the most uncomfortable things is asking for you know people to help out financially, which I'm not asking right now. I, we just want you to subscribe, it's free, right? So when people actually do leave us a you know super sticker or super chat, isn't that the way that they contribute, right, Jank, in the YouTube world, I mean, in real time? Right? Yeah. Um, yeah. Super chat's the the way to do it, or, or becoming a member. Either way. Yeah. Right. Becoming a member for you would be different. It would be different. That's a great way to support, and that's the way we hope to get to. But I'll always give them uh, some kind of like. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And I give them. Thank the, you very much. So I have. Thank a, you so so much. I have every manner of thank you to thank uh, those who've donated. So you made me think of it when you said thank you. So I'm sorry. It's I can't get it out of my head, and I'm standing here at the board. So. <laughs> okay. So Mark. <laughs> I watch this curveball, okay? It turns out you're not supposed to do that anymore. Oh, really? <laughs> it's impossible <laughs> to keep up. Okay, no. So like Haas, he has like a gajillion members on Twitch, right? Oh, so right. Hassan Abi, Hassan Piker used to be with TYT. And so people will sign up, they give him like a gazillion dollars. He's like, I'm not thanking you. So that's not how it works, okay? <laughs> I was like, I don't know. I was like, kind of genuinely, kind of grateful. <laughs> He's like, wow, is that right? <laughs> There's not supposed to be an acknowledgement of any kind when you somebody makes a donation. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I, mean, I watch. I don't know how the cool kids operate. Real donation. I mean, it's unbelievable. You guys get real. You know, people stepping up and appreciating what you represent and what you do.
But I, I feel bad doing, is it required that I'm, I not be grateful? Because I, I don't, that makes me uncomfortable. I like being grateful. Yeah, I think uh, you gotta be, that's who you are. You're, gra- you're a grateful person. And yeah, and I think we are both grateful people, so. No, you are, Mark, you're fantastic. This is, this is such a love fest, it's only gonna get worse. Yeah. Um, okay, <laughs> all right, I'm gonna read these comments because okay. I like them so much, I'm grateful to you guys. Uh, Courtney Young says, I'm so glad I started setting an alarm to remind me every Monday night about old school. I'm ready to get deep with Mark, okay, good. Um, Weird El Dragonovich says, I, I come for the old school and stay for the Mary Poppins, there you go. Uh, and Pale Blue Dot says, Jenk said he and Ben at the end of the bonus episode. I also love Mark, but we are talking two different animals here. Uh, but either way, Mark will not eat either one of those animals. Okay, so true. that's the good news. And uh, I know it's fair point, Ben, we do miss him. We love our Ben. He's in <laughs> so makeup ben, and hair or whatever he, wherever he is with his little, uh, uh, his little side hustle, right, Jenk? Yeah, uh, he's he's doing the Turner Classic Movies thing. In fact, he tonight, he can't be on. Uh, because he's busy recording and tribute to Mark Thompson. There is a Mark Thompson mention on Turner Classic Movies. It's among those things that he does with where he intros a film and there's a theme and my name is mentioned prominently. Not as prominently as I'd like, but prominently. <laughs> it didn't even include the V, right? Yeah, gotta put <laughs> the Mark Thompson show. <laughs> Anyway, um, we're not kidding, by the way, that is a real thing. You'll see it on Turner Classic Movies and it was recorded today. And you'll go, "Oh, that's why Ben couldn't make it to old school. And ironically, Mark was on, I see it now. Do you um, think the Venn diagram of Turner Classic Movie viewers and TYT viewers is overlapping much? Yeah, yeah, uh, it's, it's, it's a Venn diagram of one, Ben Mengs. <laughs> No, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. There's plenty of TYT viewers that watch Turner Classic. There are great movies on Turner Classic Movies. And you've got Ben, who is a he's a little bit of a smart ass, which I like. Yeah, indeed. So uh But he's not here, so can we move on? Yeah, that's at least perfectly to a classic movie named Mary Poppins. So first question I have to ask you is, and I'm glad that you're on instead of Ben, because Ben would BS us. Oh, yeah, all classic movies are great, right? Uh, so, have you ever seen the original Mary Poppins? I know you saw the remake. That's obvious. But did no, you- I saw. Yeah, I saw both. I saw the original and the remake. Yes. Okay. And I, I saw really the original remake, as a kid. How about in that? What, hey, when was Mary Poppins? When did that happen? Uh, because I, I remember we went to the theater. I literally remember the theater, and it was an event, kind of. You know. Yeah, that was like the biggest movie of the year, right? Back then. Yeah. Oh yeah. Wow. Uh, Nineteen sixty-four. Oh my gosh, that is just <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> okay, moving on. Anyway, yeah. so it's. I sucks. think I saw it was re released about six years later, and that's the one I saw as a kid. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. That is way too. No, that's. I didn't realize it was that long ago. Yeah. Um, so, uh, Mark. Yes, I, I remember it, and it was spectacular. Yeah, I thought it sucked. Um, and so that's what I want to discuss. So, uh, like, okay, first of all, uh, as I said in the bonus episode, I can finally say super cal. Well, there, there, there goes that super califragil, super califragilistic expialidocious. Okay, right. got it. Um, but the acting is so fake. It's so fake. 
Jenk, this is because you bring an adult's perspective to the film. When you're a kid, you don't notice that. You really don't. You have no, no. sense of it. Nope. Nope. I, and you know, nope. I, not I, buying it. You, you hear, oh, Dick Van Dyke's fake Cockney accent. It changes from scene to scene. Let me tell you, when you're a kid, you don't notice that stuff. You don't. No, no, we nobody notices accent. That's true. But Joy, my ten-year-old daughter, turned to me and and she basically, like, I'm paraphrasing, but was like, <laughs> "What's wrong with their acting?" Wow. <laughs> okay, it was not prompted by me. Okay, look, we just got better. We got better at being more realistic, and more realistic is better. And uh, and so that was they they were still transitioning from the theater days. And in theater, you had to project to the back of the uh, seat, or the back to, to to the folks in the in yeah. the you know peanut gallery, the and back so of the house, yeah, the back of the house. So you had to be like, hey everybody, hey, wow, <laughs> right? And but now, like, hey, bring it down, bring it down. And but that's not the main reason I brought it up. It's to me, it's amazing how much culture changes, and 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 how much humor changes. So there was this joke that I'm sure you don't remember in there about, and it was just like the big joke of the of the movie. It was repeated like three, four times. It led to someone's death. Okay, <laughs> and it was um, a guy meets a, a one-legged a person with one leg named Smith. Okay, and then the punchline is, what's his other name? Other leg's name? Okay, that's a terrible joke. That's like that's like a grammar joke, and people were like, "Oh, what? What's his? What's his other last name?" Right? Like, I don't know. Am I the only one amazed at humor? Because back then, people were like genuinely thought that was hilarious. I couldn't find you one person in America today that thinks that that that's a funny joke. Humor is one of the things that really. It's a struggle for it to age well, and stuff like that just doesn't age well. Uh, I remember going to a festival where Jerry Lewis was speaking, and then they showed, and he's a legendary comic, right? And he was, you know, famous the world over. I think he might have been one of the most famous, if not the most famous, comics at, of the time, and biggest box office uh, draw at the time. In fact, there's a famous quote, I think, from the head of Paramount who said, if Jerry Lewis, I, I would I would buy anything that Jerry Lewis pitched, including if he wanted to burn the studio down, I'd help him light the match. Everything he suggested, the studio did, and he was a big hit. So I stayed after the Q&A because they were showing one of his movies. And I stayed with my girlfriend, and we literally couldn't get through 20 minutes of it. There was, it was so not funny. Now this is a guy who, as I say, was legendary as a comic. The yep. humor just didn't work at all. You wonder how anybody could have ever laughed at it at the time, much less celebrated it as brilliant comedy. So I think, I think you're right about two things. It pains me to say. I think you're right about your your first point, which is that the acting's gotten better, and that are even a young person 10 years old is so used to a greater authenticity to the acting that when they go back and look at another movie, it's like, wow, this is really, 
It's just not landing for them, you know, and they can't put it in some kind of stylized way in their head. And the second point is, yeah, humor, generally speaking, doesn't age well. It, it, it's amazing. Like I remember when we first came to this country, my dad would always complain like, they. I don't, and this has a weird twist at the end. That's really interesting. But he'd be like, "These young comedians, I don't understand them. They're 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 so bad. None of their jokes are funny. None of them are like red buttons, right? <laughs> <laughs> and and Jackie Gleason and and remember the big joke in in Honeymooners? It was oh, to wow. the moon, Alice, yeah. to the moon. And that joke was." Is not only not funny now, but it's deeply uncomfortable because he's threatening to punch her to the moon. Right. And even even knowing that he would never hit his wife. I mean, the character you know uh, is this you know crazy you know uh, uh, he's boiling over with all of this stuff, but he would never uh, be violent because we know the character. Just the utterance of it is enough to make you go, whoa, 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 dude, dude, that's just not funny even as a reference. Right. Yeah, that. That's a scene stealer. That's the scene closer. They button out with that line. Exactly. I love that term button out. Okay, I'm so bad at buttoning out. I always <laughs> my all my points start strong and then they just kind of they don't button out, they peter out. Okay. I'm with you on that. But you know, you're actually really good. I um I when you get going and you make a point politically or and you make a point of societally or culturally or whatever you're saying, you stick the landing, brother, you do. I find it difficult sometimes. I'm good on the ramp up, but then I can get a little out over my skis sometime and whoa. <laughs> well, I appreciate you saying that, but but the very end I usually struggle with. Anyways, so, but so my dad didn't understand the new comics, loved old comics, even though they made no sense. Like to the moon, it's not even funny. I mean, forget the salt part. It's just not, I don't get it, right? Um, but there was one thing that was modern that my dad loved and thought was hilarious. You ready for this? Seinfeld. He would not miss Seinfeld for anything. It was Thursday night, everybody get out the way. You know, and he didn't care about TV, he didn't care about any of that stuff. But Seinfeld's on, get out the way, my dad's gotta watch it. He can't miss a minute of it. That's Seinfeld. a great ode to Seinfeld, to Jerry Seinfeld and Larry David. Yeah, and they it, that is multi-generational, you know. My folks like it, your folks like it, younger people like it. It was a top show with a younger demo at the time. So it it really it's uh so maybe that's uh, proof that not all humor is sort of uh, has a tight expiration date. I mean, some of it really can last. Yeah, I mean, let's be honest, old school is going to last. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> they've been laughing at this stuff a couple hundred years later. Everybody knows that. Um, by the way, now, like, Lenny Boy's become a member. <laughs> God bless you guys. I love it. Wow. And, 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 and Lenny uh, Boy uh, gave. $16.99, but not in American money, but in New Zealand money and New Zealand dollars, presumably. And and $17 in New Zealand is either $2 here or $2,000 here. I'm not sure which one, <laughs> but, but Lenny Boy, thank you. Either way, it doesn't matter. We love you for it. We appreciate it. B.O. Roden, note, stop giving Jake money, start giving Mark more. Thank you. 
All right, last comments, then we're gonna go to life. We're gonna get life lessons in here. I know you guys love them. Although I got here on Twitch, raw bear dragon. I'm hitting that joint button. Hey, wait a minute, that's got one extra letter in there. And that's for later, although for you guys, it's right now. Yeah, sure, hit the join and the joint button. What do I care, have more fun. My goofiness might even be amusing if you're high. So B Sue writes in, OMG, I have an alarm set for old school. It's the reason I look forward to Mondays now, thank you. That's very nice of you. That's in the member section. The last one, Naughty's Maximus says, I would pay money for Mark to sing some Johnny Cash, I walk the line. Which then leads me to wonder, Mark, do you sing? Well, Jank, it's a great question. Who asked the question again? Their names already been wiped from the record. It's literally erased from my Johnny Cash. Yes, Maximus. Thank you for putting it back, Ash. Yeah. What is it? Naughtiest Maximus. Naughtiest Maximus. Great name. And the answer is Naughtiest, and I'm glad you ask. I have a distinguished karaoke life. Used to actually have the karaoke parties with. This was in the first four seasons of American Idol. I was the announcer on American Idol, so I was kind of mobbed up with that crew. The people from American Idol would come up to my home and we karaoke. If I can just drop an impressive kind of brag, which was really terrific. And so I developed some had some karaoke chops, if I can say that, Jack. But you have to stay in your range. You're right about that. So here's the stuff that's in my range. Elvis is very much in my range, Neil Diamond in my range, Johnny Cash is in my range. These are all things that I can cleanly hit, you know, no problem. Some of the higher stuff I have trouble with, but all those that I just mentioned. So yes, I I like a good karaoke. I haven't done it in a while. It does require a little lubrication of some kind. You need to be a little buzzed somehow, right, to really begin to cut loose. Jenk, I feel as though you would be a guy with great stage presence, I'm not so sure you would nail the actual tune. Am I right? Okay, I, I well, you're enormously right. No, you've never been more right in your life. Uh, although I do have one karaoke win to my credit. Okay, so this goes to to, uh, to ingenuity, hard work, perseverance. Okay, so I'm an awful singer. We talked about in a recent old school. I, I don't. I don't know the difference between a beat and a tune and rhythm. I don't, I don't understand any of those things. Okay, the first time I found out there was only like five or six notes or something or others is when I watched Sound of Music with my kids, and I was like, <laughs> Oh, do a female deer. I was like, Wait, I do rate me. Well, so those are the only ones. I had no idea. By the way, did your kids not like a sound of music either? Another Mary Poppins related because of Julie Andrews. They didn't like it. No, no, no. This is the this is why we know we're being objective. We loved sound of music. Yeah, sound of music is really good. Yeah, sound of music is fantastic. Holds up for time immemorial. Okay, same Julie Andrews, you know, musical, you know, around the same time. But the the music was fantastic. The plot was way better. Uh, and by the way, the best actor in Mary Poppins was Julie Andrews. Uh, she was way understated compared to the other actors. And then that pays off in Sound of Music, which is actually a great. Movie. 
But in Jamaica, uh, I was down there with my friends. There's like 20 of us, but all families are there, at least maybe more than 20. And we do this giant karaoke uh, contest. And, and we decide that we're different because we're all so super competitive, right? A bunch of weirdos. Anyway, uh, like, okay, you don't you just do the karaoke. No, somebody has to win. Okay. And, um, <laughs> And and they, I mean, any rational better would would have set the lines at me being dead last underneath the kids for winning, but I pulled it off. So how how did I do it? Um, I realized my weaknesses, and so I adjusted. I picked uh, turn down for what, because it only has about four lines, and you just have to screen them. Turn down for what? (laughs) (laughs) And I got everybody into it and everybody started singing, turn down for what? Okay. And uh, next thing you know, they're like, ah, it was fantastic. And I won. Well, that you've just pointed out something which is very important. And this is a great karaoke tip. Call and response works really well. But even in a room where they're a little less receptive, Always go with something upbeat. If unless you're like really a singer stylist, always go with an upbeat song. Don't do those long ballads. They just don't get the feel in the room. Now, if you don't care about the room and it's just you know it's late or whatever, then that's different. But when you're you feel at all pressure, you want an upbeat number. And if you can find like Jenk did. A tune where everybody like Sweet Caroline would be a classic also like from old school where everybody sings the chorus with you, they'll just feel good about how you did. So I think you were clever about that, Jenkins. You probably deserve to win that competition, if not just for cleverness. Thank you, Mark, I appreciate that. Um, I don't know what's happening tonight, but I kind of love it. Handy Scorpion's a new member. People are loving that join and joint button. And we haven't even gotten to deep thoughts about life yet. You wait till you get to that. But uh, but before we get there, you guys are constantly delaying me with all this interactivity and your <laughs> smart and funny and interesting comments, okay? So back in the member section, Louis Cipher wrote in, I feel George Carlin is timeless. Well, you are correct, okay? So, uh, and I'm gonna read to you a quote of George Carlin that I just, that I put in my book. I just finished the final edit, it's done. You're gonna get it in September, tyt.com slash justice. You wanna pre-order, nobody's gonna stop you, okay? When you go to pre-order, nobody jumps out of the computer and tackles you. Hashtag freedom, okay? So anyway, here's a quote I included from Carlin. He said, and a lot of you will remember this. He said, the real owners are the big wealthy business interests that control things and make all the important decisions. They own all the important land, they own and control the corporations. They've long since bought and paid for the Senate, the Congress, the state houses, the city halls. They've got the judges in their back pockets and they own all the big media companies so that they control just about all the news and information you hear. They've got you by the balls. They spend billions of dollars every year lobbying, lobbying to get what they want. Well, we know what they want. They want more for themselves and less for everybody else. Ding, 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 we got a winner. That is exactly right. It was exactly right back then. It's exactly right today, and I put it in the in the middle of a of a uh, section of the book 
where the Chamber of Commerce, that's the basically the lobbyists for big business, figured out how to capture the Supreme Court and take everything in this country. And there is no political prognosticator, pundit, commentator, etc. That has ever gotten it more right than George Carlin did in that in that piece. He so, was so right when he did a whole run on abortion. Remember on abortion rights and how the right wing, they care so much about life, they care so much about life until the baby's born. And then they don't care about it until the baby's 18 and can enlist in the military. You know, it's the I mean he 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 really was brilliant. And you know, it's interesting that I'm glad that we got that comment and you gave that example because it's really true that certain comedy doesn't has a tighter expiration date. Other comedy may be timeless or certainly can transcend generations into the future, right? Yeah, for sure. And and the more you can relate to it through time, the better it holds up. Like Russell Peter, he's a Canadian comic. He like broke all sorts of records, but never broke through in America because for whatever reason. I and and anyway, he has this line about his immigrant dad, right? And all immigrant dads threaten to assault you. <laughs> so when he says somebody gonna get hurt around here, <laughs> you don't have to be Indian, you don't have to live in Canada. You every person from the old world knows somebody gonna get hurt around here. <laughs> okay, so God bless. All right, look at Edwin Camino. One year is TYT Essentials, amazing. All right, guys, I gotta stop reading comments, let's talk. All right, so Mark, if you said you're in a room with people you know, okay, one by one. You tell that person, you know what, I decided I love myself. What percentage of the people you know think, "Oh, good for you Mark, tell me more. And what percentage think, I just exclaim it like that, or I mean, like I say, you know what? I love myself. I say it like that out of nowhere or in some kind of. Is that what you mean? Some kind. Look, not like it's not. You don't walk in and go, ta-da! Yeah, right, right. But like it's it's within a context, but not like, hey, I buried it in so much context. Everybody think is gonna think it's normal. Okay, so uh, the answer is, I think a very small percentage of people would let it go. But I think in my group, modesty is probably more applauded or respected or regarded positively than is some braggadocious comment or you know what I mean, some comment that would be, it may not even be that it's a confidence thing, you know, but it would be viewed as braggy. And so I would say that a very small percentage would actually, it would land, maybe zero would be the answer. I mean, it might, I think it would land poorly. Yeah, yeah. That's been my experience. (laughs) 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 
<laughs> okay, hold, this hold joke on. can't quite get it to land, huh? That's tough. <laughs> no, no. Hey, we hey, try one more time. I really love myself. You can't get that to land. <laughs> you can't, can't do it. Uh, how about your parents? Like, if, you know, you said, look, you know what? I thought a lot about it, mom, dad. And you know, look, I came to a good conclusion. You know, after after you know going to therapy or whatever, I decided, you know what? I kind of love myself. It would go over worse there than anywhere. It would go. It would. It would stand no chance there. My family celebrates the the default position is almost to understate success and almost talk about its success. In a way, so as to put a cast on it, you know, a light on it, such that, well, yeah, but there are going to be all these challenges with it, and but it almost doesn't matter what happens, you know, won the lottery, yeah, but a taxes, and I'm already getting hit by all these people who want money, and I'm gonna, in a way, I wish I hadn't won the lottery. I mean, that's the only way to do that in my family. So my family, no, it would not go over well. <laughs> okay, so that's that's gets to the heart of it. But before we get back to the heart of it, so my dad, whenever I came home from gambling, right? And I started gambling, I don't know, when I was probably early 20s, right? Like I go to Atlantic City and gamble for real, right? Because I until then I had no money. And so it must have been when I got the law job. So 25, probably as late as 25. Um, and I go to Atlantic City. I won big the first time I gambled, and uh, and the first time I get it, my dad was like, "Oh, I wish you had not won. That's <laughs> just terrible news." Okay, I said, "All right, well, I don't know. That's terrible, Dad. I mean, I had no money, and now all of a sudden I've got like nine hundred bucks. That's like more money than I've ever had, or something, right? I don't remember what the number was, but it's in that ballpark. Maybe it was six hundred, and." Um, I mean, I got super lucky. I hit roulette number twice. Wow! <laughs> and uh, because I had no money, so I don't know how I got this. I know how I got six hundred. I hit two numbers on roulette. Um, so, uh, but to this day, I'm now 52 years old. If I tell my dad, oh, we went to Vegas, and, and well, good news, at least I didn't lose money. I won some money. He's like, I wish you had lost. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, Dad. I'm 52. The ship has sailed. Okay, <laughs> your dream of me losing big and then re realizing that gambling is not fruitful—it's never come to fruition. It's not going to happen. Let it go and just think. Well, at least he won this time. Right? <laughs> nope. Every single time, I wish you had lost. Your dad was not a gambler at all. My dad is so not a gambler. That when I told him I was playing chess, I had picked up chess when I was younger. He's like, "Oh no!" <laughs> <laughs> I was like, that's, and I was used, list. I was used to my dad going like, a Turkish version of it is "Amanha." Okay, "Amanha" means like, "Be careful, watch out." Okay, and I was like, "Dad, why the Amanha on chess?" Like, I'm used to it on. Everything, right? Like, oh, you're gonna eat a sub. You're gonna go out with your friends. You're gonna play ping pong. Ah, man, you'll hurt your wrist. You crazy? All that opinion upon. Okay, so, <laughs> but I'm like, why chess? That I figured you'd like that one. It turns out that when he was a kid, 
they used to gamble on chess. So him, it, like his buddies, he wouldn't do it, but his buddies would play chess. And then like one of his friends lost a lot of money playing chess and was ruined. And he didn't want to see that happen to me. Oh. And good news for my dad, uh, I was not ruined. I gave up chess quickly thereafter, <laughs> much to my chagrin. And my now my 12 year old son is kicking my ass left and right. Uh, so I'm gonna have to get back into to chess, uh, much to my dad's chagrin. So that's how little of a gambler he was. I'm not sure that my dad has ever bet a dollar. That's wild because you're very much uh, gambling savvy, you know. And I would think that the, you would have had some background in it, but you didn't. Yeah. No, if anything, the exact opposite. Um, so, well, you know, look. So my dad was so poor growing up that uh, when he came to graduate school uh, here for here in the U.S., he went to Stevens Institute of Technology, uh, which back in the day used to be Stevens. Th- Keep track of the letters here. It used to be Stevens Hoboken Institute of Technology. Oh, that's a bad choice. Yeah, so they took out the Hoboken for understandable reasons. Yeah. <laughs> Going with the acronym of SIT now, which is infinitely better. Um, so anyways, uh, he got through graduate school by selling pots and pans in the street. Like my dad is kind of out of a movie, uh, it was Hoboken. Uh, Frank Sinatra's family lived across the street, and he sold pots and pans and did tutoring to make it through uh, graduate school in engineering. That is unreal. Uh, you know, you hear these stories of immigrants uh, selling these rag salesmen. In fact, uh, I think Kirk Douglas did a book called Ragman's Son, in which I think he mentions or discusses perhaps at length. That his father, I mean, literally sold rags or sold pieces of, you know, fabric. That was a living, just like your dad sold pots and pans in the street. I mean, it it just seems it's so much of a different immigrant story than the one today. I mean, in part. I mean, I understand that they're immigrant communities that toil in the shadows and in the fields and in the, you know, the whole underground economy that is America. And is many other developed countries as well, um, and emerging economies. But that said, that story that you're talking about is like a real, uh, it's a gritty immigrant story. And you don't hear as many of them anymore. Yeah, Uh, when my dad came to America, he literally had $1 in his pocket. um, And he had, uh, somebody had written a note for him. that said, I do not know how to speak English. And he would just show it to people. And he somehow made it to his brother's house from the airport without getting picked up. I, he didn't speak any English, I, I don't understand how he did it. Okay, and uh, back then I got news for you, there was no GPS. Uh, <laughs> and there was no Uber, none of that. So um, I was thinking of doing the same thing that Kirk Douglas did. Uh, instead of calling my book Justice is Coming, I was going to say uh, Son of a Pot Man. But mm. yeah, did that, that has a little bit different the, the Focus groups came back negative on that, did they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, you know, I, I, and I want to say one thing, Jank, before I get a bunch of uh, people commenting that, and, and I get a blowtorch of, you know, how can you say that, that that immigrant story doesn't exist anymore? It's existing, it exists everywhere. Uh, you, It is true that it, on an ongoing basis, you have highly gifted technical 
technically skilled immigrants coming to this country and they're you know washing floors and working in janitorial services, working in what you might be considered less skilled or unskilled labor to make money for the next generation, their generation in America. So I know it still does exist, but the pots and pans in the street part is what I, and, and the ragman son part is the part that I just associate with a certain vintage of immigrant, you know? Yeah, yeah, that's exactly right. And then, and you know, 50 years from now, they'll associate, you know, mowing the lawn or whatever it is that right. immigrants do today, right? Uh, and, and so, uh, but it, yeah, it's it's kind of badass. So, but by the reason I brought that up is because he didn't have a dollar to gamble with. Uh, so, ain't nobody gambling when you don't have any money, right? And so, uh, so I had the privilege of being able to be in a position uh, to to be able to gamble, and that's thanks to my dad. Uh, and and as you can tell, I respect him tremendously. But uh, bottom line, though, Mark, is that back to the loving yourself conversation. Yeah, no, my my parents, uh, they wouldn't be as extreme as you. I'm, I'm saying it as if it's a hypothetical, but it's not. I mean, I've had conversations like that with them, and they're always like, "Oh, ah, oh, knock on wood, and now you never know." And it's ah, no, 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 right? Evil eye and all that stuff, right? Um, but then, and then your friends are of course like, "Oh, like oh, I roll. What do I care about you loving yourself? You know, f off." Uh, and on and on and on until you go, wait a minute. Yeah, we can never say that out loud, right? And there's right. something wrong about that. Like, no, you, we should all love ourselves. That that's yes, a super healthy thing, but right. yet we're never allowed to say that for fear of offending others. The confidence is something that you want, but when you're too forward with it or outspoken with it, not outspoken with your confidence, you can say like there's a huge difference actually between these two things. Uh, you know what? Uh, I'm very confident. I'm very confident in myself. I'm confident in my ability to do jobs. I'm confident in my ability to uh, to learn things. I'm confident in my ability to interact with people. I'm just, uh, I'm confident, I have confidence in myself. There's nothing that would necessarily make your skin crawl about that comment. I mean, you may wonder in what context that kind of utterance would come out. But if you if you then do your thing, Jenk, which is the, you know what? I love myself. I love everything about myself. I love uh, the way I think. I love the way I just uh, make decisions. I just love myself. I really do. There is a quality of peacocking to that that is obnoxious. Wouldn't you agree with that? In general, it feels that way. It feels that, way. of course, that's why we don't do it, right? Now, having said that, I'm here to tell you guys, get beyond it and do it, okay? And here, I'm gonna do it right now. <gasps> I feel kind of like, should I? Should I? Like, it's <laughs> funny how awkward and like taboo it is to say something that we should all think, okay? But I'm gonna break that taboo. And, and it, so, look, guys, I've got tons of weaknesses. I talk about them on the show all the time. Ain't nobody close to perfect. If you got good, take it and run. Okay, if you got good on some things, take it and run. You don't have to be good at all things. You don't have to be very good or excellent at all things. You don't need any of that. Okay, but but give yourself permission to acknowledge. 
the things that you're good at, right? Give yourself permission to say, I kind of like that about myself. And give yourself permission, whether you say it out loud to anyone else or not, to love yourself and to say, right or wrong, weak or strong, good sides, bad sides. At the end of the day, I am who I am. And God damn it, I'll pull a Stuart Smalley and say, I kind of love it, okay? And see, even there, I soft pedaled it because I it feels too awkward. But the reality is here, I'm just gonna blurt it out even more, okay? Guys, so with all those weaknesses and some couple of strengths, it's good enough. It's good enough and it's it's me, it's who I am. There's no reason not to love it. There's no reason not to love it. So goddamn right I love myself. There, I just said it. You know something, Cenk? Uh, I think just in general, your advice is really good. And I think it's important to have that sense of confidence and love for yourself. And certainly these days with all these pressures in social media and based on how many likes or subscribers or whatever, you can begin to have a lot of self doubt. And they're all the ways to kind of undercut yourself that a society has now built in sort of new ways on top of old ways. That said, in general, it it's hard to pull that off though, the I love myself. And there's almost no need for it. If I can just argue a little bit on the other side, it's great to internalize that message. It's great to have that message and have that feeling 100%. But there's no need to articulate it openly, live it, but don't showboat it would be my advice. No, I disagree. <laughs> So look, here's the reason why John Bogino writes in, if you can't love yourself, how in the hell are you gonna love someone else? So that's-, that's we, I get the I, you need to love yourself thing, I totally get it. We're talking about articulating it and yeah. that's the way you position this question. I, I know, but Mark, here's the thing, right? So if you go in and you go like, well, I'm awesome at everything, man, okay? I'm a, I'm a very stable genius. Okay, yeah, that's annoying, right? And besides which, the number one reason it's annoying is because it's not true. It's impossible for someone to be great at everything. I've been reading a lot about like mathematicians and physicists because that's what I do. I don't know, I read rando stuff. And it's funny, they're like, I was talking in the bonus episode about this guy, John Von Neumann, who might be the smartest man that ever lived, the absolutely brilliant mathematician. And he sucked at a whole bunch of things. Uh, and one of his ideas, political ideas was, we gotta uh, nuke Russia, uh, Soviet Union before they nuke us. World's worst idea. <laughs> Isn't that amazing that he could solve any math theorem in the world to the point where other incredibly bright genius mathematicians would be like, they literally would say of him, I'm scared of him. That's how smart he is. And that idiot thought we should nuke the Soviet Union before they nuked us. Could have gotten us all killed, okay? So you, my point is you don't have to be great at everything. But the reason to say it out loud, Mark, is not to brag and, and show off. It's because we never say it to ourselves. I don't know, say it in the, in the quiet of a dark room, say it in a mirror, say it to your, someone you trust, say it to your wife, say it to your best friend. I don't say it to your mom, say it to someone. Because Mark, what I'm afraid of is that if you don't say it, you don't internalize it. Like you're never think, you're not allowed to even think it, let alone say it. 
And it's not right, there's nothing wrong with you. Everyone is is exactly as they're supposed to be. They're their DNA and there's nothing they could do about them. There's nothing wrong with it. So you might as well go ahead and love it. Well, you know what, you and I disagree. I uh, disagree with you on the uh, love everything about yourself, everything's great. And you gotta say it out loud, that might be true before you internalize it. I certainly don't necessarily disagree with that. By the way, just for the record, it's not the way the position was originally placed as a question. It was, yeah, would yeah. you go into a room and say, now we're talking about would you love yourself and would you say it into a mirror? I'm not worried about how the mirror is gonna react to me saying I love myself. But I, I, I do think you can be honest with yourself and love just as John von Neumann should have certain aspects of your ability to crunch numbers and to understand mathematics when and also understanding your shortcomings or limitations when it comes to geopolitics. I think it's fair to say I need to work on such and such. Maybe it's a work ethic, whatever, but I'm really great in these other areas. I mean, you have the idea is somehow it's your DNA, it's your setup, it's the hand you were dealt. And that's it. No, you can actually improve on yourself if you want to or change yourself, redefine yourself and reconstitute yourself. Okay, Mark, <coughs> we got a deal, okay? <laughs> okay. So here, here's the deal, okay? As long as you promise to, to be honest with yourself, including about your weaknesses, okay? And, and, and work on the things you gotta work on, can we, at least in a quiet room, acknowledge to ourselves that there's nothing wrong with us. I don't mean nothing at all. I mean like generally, right? And it's okay to love ourselves. Can we, as long as you're not high on your own supply and you don't think that oh, oh, oh I'm right about everything or that nonsense like that, is that fair? Yes, a quiet room, preferably nobody else there. Yes, I, I, <laughs> I sign okay. on. Okay. And admit that you're never gonna do it. You're not even gonna do it in a quiet room. I think that's a problem of mine. It's just the I have the opposite problem. I focus on all the shortcomings. I focus on all the the, you know, that's a real problem, but it's a lifelong problem for me. And it's because of family and the family I was raised in or whatever. But you know, at some point you gotta let go of the family and say, hey dude, it's your life now, man. You can change it if you want to.